Today's epistle reading is from the book of Acts, chapter 16, verses 9 through 15. During the night, Paul had a vision. There stood a man of Macedonia pleading with him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God has called us to proclaim the good news to them. We set sail from Troas and took a straight course to Samothrace, the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city for some days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate by the river, where, where we supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the women who had gathered there. A certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us. She was from the city of Thyratia and a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. When she and her household were baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. And she prevailed upon us. This is the word of the Lord. The gospel reading this morning is from the book of John, chapter 14, verses 23 through 29. Jesus answered him, Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. I have said these things to you while I am still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away. And I am coming to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father, because the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, God. So I shared with the children, I have been thinking a lot about hospitality this week, and I have been very grateful in my life to be the recipient of a lot of wonderful hospitality. I, um, I had a southern grandmother that was the epitome of southern hospitality that would roll out the red carpet any time we came to visit with all of the, the foods and treats and drinks and things that my mother would never have in the house. But grandma's house, we could be sure that we were going to have all of that and more. When I was in high school, I, um, many of you have heard me share that my, my sister was a drug addict, and that meant that life at home was often um, uncomfortable or even scary. She could be kind of violent and unpredictable, and my father 
was an airline pilot, and so he was gone a lot, and that meant that things could get kind of dicey at home sometimes with my sister, and I would often uh, go over to a friend's house, an older woman's house, Helen, and she would make space for me. She would make room for me to be able to rest, and she would make dinner, or she would let me stay the night if my parents were away and my sister was unwell. She would create space for me. To me, that's the definition of hospitality, is to make space, a place for somebody else to be. Her family, I I come from a family of four daughters, and so, you know, Four women, five women with my mother in the house creates one dynamic. Well, she had a bunch of boys. And teenage boys are very different in the house than teenage girls. And it was a little bit of a culture shock for me. And yet it was wonderful because her hospitality and their hospitality, they were clearly used to welcoming in people and making them feel at home. I have good friends all over the country because I have done most of my education on the East Coast. And so I have friends all over the country who go out of their way to welcome me when I come and to clear out the guest room or even kick their kids out of their room and and make space for somebody. Have you ever had the experience of going to somebody's house who invited you over but you got the sense that they really hadn't done anything to make space for you. You know, they had really not cleaned up the guest room or threw out some some clean sheets in a pile in the middle of the bed and said, help yourself, or you just got the sense that maybe you weren't quite welcome there. The story today uh, with, with... the early church, you know, every, every uh, week during this season, the church calls Eastertide, the Sundays between Easter and Pentecost, which is in two weeks, all of the stories have been coming to us out of the book of Acts, which is um, documents, some people call, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, or the Gospels according to uh, the Gospel of Jesus, and some people call Acts the Gospel of the Holy Spirit. It's how the church moves from being an isolated group of of 12 Jewish disciples to being a global movement that moves out from Jerusalem out to all the edges of of the known world at that time. And so this gospel, the Holy Spirit, is the Holy Spirit continuing to prompt the disciples to move them first from a, a closed upper room where they were scared and behind locked closed doors to a little further out, to a little further out, to a little further out. And in, and in the epistle reading today from Acts, um, the disciples are starting to get a hang of this following the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And they, so they have a vision about Macedonia, and they head out to Macedonia, and it is there that Uh, Again, more people are converted, but Lydia is there. And Lydia hears what is going on, and she too is converted. And then Lydia becomes a key figure in New Testament uh, Christianity because she is both wealthy, so she can underwrite the the missionary trips of the apostles, uh, but maybe more importantly, she offers hospitality to disciples that were in a, a somewhat foreign space. She the scripture says she prevailed upon them as as if they couldn't say no to her invitation to stay with them. 
that they would have a safe place to be in Macedonia, and so from there would continue to carry the gospel out further into the world. And so we have this Lydia, who this is her first appearance, but you'll, you'll see her other times that she comes up in, um, in uh, the rest of the epistles because she is such a key and central figure in, in the um, early, early Christian movement. The gospel reading today is another, uh, has another reference to hospitality, and this time it has to do with Jesus' promise to abide with the disciples, to make his home with them. This time we are at, uh, in John's gospel, at a section called the Farewell Discourse. So all of this this time in the church year between Easter and Pentecost is about the disciples kind of getting their feet under them and figuring out what it's going to mean to do ministry without Jesus right by their side, Jesus leading the way, because the whole time Jesus was on earth, they were just following Jesus and going, oh, Jesus heals people, oh, he's teaching here, he's telling this parable, he's healing, he's doing, okay, yeah, but now... The gospel is being turned over to them and saying, now it's your turn. You, you go do this. And, of course, in Acts, the, the apostles are still trying to get their bearings. And in, in this passage from John's gospel, Jesus is still with the disciples. This is on the night of the Last Supper. And this is what we call the farewell discourse. He gives them this long sermon, this long preparation for here's what it's going to be like when I am not with you anymore when I am not physically present with you, I am going to be with you in the Holy Spirit. And so he promises that the Holy Spirit will come to them. Now, they don't yet know what that means. They don't quite understand that. But he uses this reference that, that, I, that my Father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Make our home with them. Sometimes we translate this as abiding with them. It's the same uh, Greek word for when the, on the Transfiguration Sunday, when they make the the tent and they want Jesus and Moses to, to come and abide and stay there. It is the sense of 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 coming to them. But I love that in this, it is not that we go elsewhere, but that God comes right to us, that God makes a home with us. In, in uh, Christian theology, the theology of the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is um, often drawn in a circle, and so I'm moving my hands in a circle, <laughs> because it is often seen as this dance of community, this, this beautiful dance between the community of God. God is our creator, Christ is our redeemer, and of the Holy Spirit. And in this passage, we are invited into that dance. We are invited to just step into that place. What does it mean for us to live in that abiding at-home presence with God? What does it mean to receive the hospitality of God? Can you imagine to be at home, within the Trinity, within God's grace, this peace that we give. You know, it's the first words we say when we, it's the first word I say when I come into worship to you. 
with you every Sunday morning. I say, peace be with you. Peace. As Jesus says, not the peace that the world gives, but a peace that is abiding. We can perhaps go for a walk along the ocean and feel peaceful, or we can, uh, I don't know, go to a massage and get a massage and feel at peace, or, or, or we can have a, a conflict-free day and feel that it was peaceful. But Jesus says the peace that he gives is a deeper peace than that. When we say that we are at peace, we're not talking merely about the absence of conflict. We're talking about a deeper peace, that we're at home with where things are in our life. Jesus says that I will bring you peace not the peace that the world gives, but the peace that only I can give. And so when, when we offer that blessing each Sunday, when we start our worship, it's not merely a, hey, good morning, peace be with you. It's not just a churchy way of saying hi. It is a call to a deeper sense of peace. And then in the graciousness of our liturgy, you offer it back to me that together we would be people of peace, that we would offer that sign and that love to one another. It is, again, then we all join in that trinity of movement of peace and love in our world. My question for myself and for all of us this week is, how are we creating hospitality for God in our midst? How are we in our own spiritual lives creating a hospitable place for God to dwell with us? Obviously, our spiritual disciplines are a big part of that, to make ourselves people of deep, deep prayer, people whose energy comes from the grace of God, people whose whose very essence is one of compassion and mercy for one another. How are you tending to the places of your heart so that anywhere that you might have animosity or grief or anger or resentment, that you might create space for God to dwell in those places, that you might fully, more fully manifest the peace of God in your heart? Clearly, that isn't Jesus' intention for us, is that we live in peace. Peace with one another, peace in our world, and peace in our hearts. It might begin within first before we can offer it to other people. I want you to be thinking about your own life this week, thinking about where, how you are creating a place for God's Spirit to be at home in you, for God's peace to settle deeply into your own spirit, that you might more deeply settle into God's spirit? How might you create a place of spiritual hospitality within your own heart, within your own life? How might you in your family or in your community or in your office setting, wherever you work, create a sense of hospitality and peace? How might you bring that spirit of a deeper peace 
into the people that you work with or the people that you live with or the people that you worship with? And how might we as a congregation carry that peace out into the world? A peace that is deeper than the absence of conflict, but a, deep that co- a peace that comes from the deep assurance of God's presence with us, that we live in the hospitality of God and we share the hospitality of God. That is our deepest calling. These words from Christ to his disciples as he gets ready to part from them. I am giving you the Holy Spirit. You will never, ever be alone. My companionship will be with you always. My peace I leave to you. My peace I give to you. And so I say to you once again, the peace of Christ be with you. Amen.